I want to set up a couple signs this morning. All right. The first sign that I'm going to put out says fear. All right. Fear. I'm going to put out another sign. This sign says faith. This morning I'm going to talk about fear and faith from God's word for a few moments. And I'm going to especially talk about how fear and faith, fear and faith have such a big part of our Christian journey. Right, now this is what I mean when I say Christian journey. I mean that, that if you have a Christian journey, then that means that at some point, some point in your life, so you have realized that you have sin, sin that's in your heart. And that sin is a barrier between you and God. All right? There's nothing that you can do to get rid of that sin. All right? Nothing you do. And people try a lot of different things. Nothing you can do can remove that sin. John 3.16 tells us, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All right? So... God, because he loves us so much, sent his son uh, down into the world. And his son Jesus was born and he grew up and he lived a perfect life. He never sinned because Jesus was God in the form of his son. All right? And some men did not like that Jesus was saying that he was God's son. So they nailed Jesus to a cross. And they put him in the grave. But three days later, Jesus rose from the grave. All right? And now, now you and I can have our sins forgiven and removed. It's possible now for you and I to have a walk with God and to have a relationship with God. But what God wants from us is to go to him and to confess the sinfulness that we have. Go to him and say, God, I am a sinner. Please forgive me in the name of Jesus who died for me. Please forgive me my sin. I give my life to you. That's what God wants. As soon as that happens, then you start your Christian journey. Okay, now throughout your Christian journey, God is going to come to you many times. And he's going to speak to your heart. And God is going to ask you to be, to be available to him. All right. To be available for him to work through. Now, uh, but that's tough. Because as soon as God does that, then we have to make a choice. Fear or faith? I'm going to talk about fear for just a couple minutes here. Fear involves things like, like comfort. Fear involves things like predictability, security, maybe even things like image, something like a reputation. It could include other things. But when God comes to us, we are oftentimes afraid to say, yes, I am available because we are afraid to lose those things. We are afraid to lose control. It's hard. It's hard. Now, this is the good news about fear, okay, is that, is that even if we choose fear instead of faith, God will not love you less than he already does. It is impossible for God to love you more or to love you less than he does right now. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. All right? 
God defines love. His love for you and for me is perfect all the time. It is perfect all the time. It does not go in degrees. It does not come and go. God loves us perfectly all the time. All right. Now, but we have that choice to make. And the truth of it, too, I'm going to say something else, is that, is that we all spend time here. All right. We all spend time somewhere in the fear camp. All right. That's natural. That's who we are as fallen human beings. We all spend time in the fear camp. Okay. But we have a choice. We don't have to be over here. It's possible for us to choose faith. Not easy. Possible for us to choose faith. Some things that go along with faith are things like uh, not being comfortable. All right. Maybe uh, giving up your security. Uh, maybe not being popular. Uh, a lot of other things. Not having control. All right. Those things go along with faith. And this is a scary place to be, all right? It's a scary place to be. But when God calls us and he comes to us throughout our Christian life and he asks us to be a part of something, to be, to be uh, someone that he can use for his kingdom, for his work, and it could be all kinds of things. He's going to ask you to do something different than he asked me and asked your neighbor, all right? But God will come to us. And he's going to ask us to be available for him to work through for his glory. And we've got to decide. We can't just ride the fence forever. We've got to decide. Fear or faith? No. Or saying yes. And this morning, as we talk about these things, I'm going to draw your attention to the story in the Old Testament. And it's a, it's a, it's a great story. It's one of my favorite stories, actually. And uh, God comes to a man. God comes to a man, and he asks this man to be a part of his work, to do something very big and very difficult. And God comes to him, and we see this, this uh, terrific dialogue, a great dialogue between God and this man. All right? And we get some wonderful insight into God's character. In this story. And that's very important because my desire is for us to choose faith, right? And that's probably your desire too, is to choose faith. But, but for us to do that, it comes down to our decision being rooted in God's character. That's what it's got to be about because otherwise we aren't strong enough to do that. So I'm going to draw your attention to, to a story back in the Old Testament. And it's Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. So if you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn to that chapter. God comes to Moses. He comes to Moses. And he asks Moses to be a part of something. Um, now before we get into this chapter 3 and 4 of Exodus, I'm going to give you a little background on Moses, okay? Because it's important to kind of know where this story is coming from. Okay, so Moses was born as an Israelite. Okay, now the Israelites were slaves. And they were slaves in Egypt. And uh, Things were not going well for the Israelites. They were not being treated very well. In fact, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was so afraid that, that if the Israelites kept, kept growing as far as their numbers go, that, that somehow they would become organized and leave Egypt. So, so then he would lose his free labor. Or, even worse, maybe they would fight back. Pharaoh didn't want that to happen. So Pharaoh made a law. 
and the law was that and the law that and the law was that all the baby boys that were born to the Israelites they would have to be put to death all right now of course Moses's parents did not want to do that all right so they take Moses Three months after he was born, the Bible says they couldn't hide him any longer. So they take him and they put him in a basket. And they take him down to the Nile River. They try to hide him there in the Nile River. They put him in the reeds and the grass of the Nile River. Well, of course, as God would have it, God had Pharaoh's daughter come down to the Nile River that day. And she sees Moses. All right. And she sees him. She thinks he's a beautiful baby. She takes him. She basically adopts him. She takes Moses home. All right. Moses, for the next 40 years of his life, is in the palace. He's part of the royal family. Okay, the sermon series is called, is called Everyday People. All right. For the first 40 years of his life, that was not Moses. He was not an everyday person. Moses had all the, all the luxuries and the privileges that a person could think of. All right. He was not ordinary. He was not everyday. But my, oh my, how things can change. So one day we have Moses, and he's out walking around the kingdom, and he sees, he sees an Egyptian, and he's beating one of the Israelites. And this does not make Moses happy because he feels he's still part of the Israelite clan. He goes over there, and he takes the Egyptian, and he kills the Egyptian. Pharaoh finds out about this. Pharaoh's not happy. Pharaoh says that he wants Moses dead. All right. Moses leaves. He runs for his life. Moses becomes a shepherd. A shepherd. The first 40 years of Moses' life, Moses was in the palace. The second 40 years of Moses' life, Moses was with the sheep. He was a shepherd. That was the most common, the most everyday, the most ordinary life a person could live as a shepherd. Okay, so Moses is out and he's taking care of the sheep. And one day, God comes to Moses. After 40 years of taking care of sheep, God comes to Moses. And he wants Moses to be involved in something. All right. And this is where we pick up our story. All right. So Moses is out. And he's out there taking the sheep. And he sees a bush that's on fire. And the bush doesn't consume. It doesn't burn up. It just keeps burning and burning. So Moses walks over there and he sees the bush. And then God talks to Moses. Follow along with me now in Exodus chapter 3. And this chapter is too long to read the whole thing. I'm going to read part of 3 and part of 4. And uh, I'll just call out the verses as I, as I go along so you can follow. Chapter 3, verse 4. It says, that, it says that when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Chapter 3, verse 9 says, So now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are treating them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Verse 13 so Moses said to God, Suppose that I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Chapter 4, verse 10 says, So Moses said to the Lord, 
Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, So who gave man his mouth? And who makes him deaf or mute? So who gives him sight? And who makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So now go, and I will help you speak. And I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron? Verse 16, it says, So he will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take the staff in your hand so you can perform some miraculous signs, uh, 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 signs with it. So here's God. And he's having this dialogue to Moses. And he's called Moses to be open to his work, to be available to him. And Moses has to make a choice. And during this dialogue, we see some terrific things about God's character that's important for us to remember. Because again, it's my desire to live by faith, and I think it's your desire. It's my desire to have all of us live by faith. But there's some things about God's character that we've got to remember. And we see Moses here, and he's approached by God. He's talking to God. And Moses is this man that God used in incredible ways. And even Moses is standing here between fear and faith. What to do? Fear and faith. And the first thing I want to point to you out about this passage is in Exodus chapter 3, verse, verse 11. It says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Okay, so this is Dan's paraphrased verse. Uh, this is Dan's paraphrased edition of that verse. Okay, here's Moses, and he's talking to God. And he says, Oh, God, who am I? Who am I? I am only a shepherd. God, not only am I a shepherd, I am a stuttering shepherd. Not only am I a stuttering shepherd, I am a stuttering shepherd that is on the run from Egypt for murder. I'm wanted for murder. Oh, God, there has got to be someone, someone among the Israelites more qualified than I am. There's got to be someone among the Israelites with more skill, more ability, better talents, someone more suited for this than me. Friends, have you ever had yourself or found yourself saying the same thing to God? I have. Right? Sometimes God asks me to do something and I'm like, God... Your timing's not right. God, I think you're mistaking me for someone else. Someone who can do this, right? I'm sure we've all been in the same shoes. Let's think about Moses for a second, okay? God could have called Moses when he was in the palace, right? God could have called Moses when he was in the palace. He had 40 years to call Moses, when he was in the palace. But God didn't do it. And this is why. Because God shares his glory with no one. 
God shares his glory with no one. And if God would have called Moses during the time that he was in the palace, sure, the Israelites would have been set free. But Moses and the Israelites and the Egyptians and the world around them would have given glory and credit to that powerful, strong, wonderful Moses. And God shares his glory with no one. So God waits till Moses is at a very weak place in his life as a shepherd. A stuttering shepherd wanted for murder on the run. Friends, I wholeheartedly believe that God will call you and he calls me when we are weak. God wants to use us at a time when we are weak and in our weaknesses because God share his, shares his glory with no one. And when God works through you to do something great for his kingdom, he wants to make sure you understand, your family understands, your church understands, your co-workers understand, everyone around you understands it's God at work and not you. God deserves the glory and he will receive all the glory because he is the creator of the world and savior of our souls. He wants, demands, and will receive complete glory. And he oftentimes calls us when we are weak. Because then the world around us and ourselves see that it's God at work. Because it's so easy when, thank, when something goes well to become a little prideful, isn't it? A little, just a little prideful. And then before long, boy, it blows up, right? And then we're more than happy to take the glory for something. But God calls us when we are weak so that he receives the glory. This is the second thing that I want to focus in on today. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. That's awesome. It's important to remember now that back here in this day and age, that a person's name and identity, they were all wrapped up together. Okay, it was very important, a person's name. So Moses knew that should he go to the Israelites and tell them, I have come to set you free, that they would ask, oh yeah, well, who's this God who sent you? What's his name? Moses needed a name. And God says, you tell them, I am has sent me to you. I am. That's awesome. This is what God was telling Moses. I am everything I need to be to complete my mission through you. I am everything I need to be to complete my mission through you, Moses. I'm going to say it one more time. This time I want you to silently put your name there at the end of that sentence. God is saying, I am everything I need to be to complete my mission through you. God was telling Moses, Moses, when you need to be strong, I am strong. Moses, the times when you need patience, I am patience. Moses, when you need boldness, I am bold. Moses, when you need wisdom, I am wise. 
Friends, we serve an all-sufficient, all-powerful God who will never, ever call us to serve him and not give us what we need. He loves us too much. But it is so scary. It is so scary. And we oftentimes pass up what God wants us to experience because we are afraid of losing control and not being able to control our next step. Afraid of losing our security. Afraid of losing what we have earned, what we have, what we want to do. And God is crying out, if you would live by faith, if you would live by faith, I will give you everything you need. Because I will never, ever call you to do something and not provide you with all you need to accomplish my mission. But it's scary. It is scary. That's why it's faith. Because we give up our control. We give up some of our security. But God is all-powerful and all-sufficient. And he is everything he needs to be for us, for him to complete his mission through us. All right. There's one more thing about God's character that I'm going to point out this morning. And it's in the last verse that we read. Exodus chapter 4, verse 17. But... Take this staff in your hand so you can perform miraculous signs with it. I'm going to walk over here real quick and get something. Take this staff, he says, so you can perform miraculous signs with it. This is the best I could do for a shepherd's staff, all right? Now think about something, okay? It's important to remember here that shepherds back in Egypt in this day, they were the lowest of the low, all right? They were despised. They were despised. They were the lowest of the low. And God, God has Moses take his shepherd's staff with him everywhere along this journey. God made it clear to Moses, you are to have your staff with you all the time. And get this, God had Moses take his staff into the king's palace to talk to the king of Egypt. A shepherd's staff. Why would God do that? Because God gave Moses a very good reminder, a physical reminder of what and who Moses was before he made himself available to God. And he wanted to remind Moses of who was doing the work. And it wasn't Moses. It was God. So God had Moses take his staff into that king's palace, the king who despised shepherds, to remind Moses who's really in charge. Friends, God will give you and he will give me some kind of physical reminder. Maybe not physical as in an actual something we can touch, but something that we have in our life that is a constant reminder of where our strength comes from when we serve him. All right? Something in our life that will force us back to God. He loves us too much not to give that to us. Okay? He constantly wants us to remember where our strength comes from when we make ourselves available for His service. Right? And let's be honest. Most of us don't like those reminders. All right? Your reminder is going to look different than my reminder or the reminder of someone you know. All right? But God loves us enough to constantly remind us of who we are 
and that our strength must come from him as we choose to live by faith. All right, three things about God's character that we see in this incredible dialogue between God and Moses. Okay, the first is God, God will oftentimes, if not always, it seems like, have us serve him when we are weak at a time of our weakness and out of our weaknesses in our life. The second is God is all he needs to be to complete his mission through us. Friend, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about our awesome, all-sufficient, all-powerful God that is in charge. And he will give us all we need or he won't ask us to do what he's asking us to do. And the third is, after he begins to work through us, as we live by faith, God will send something along to remind us of who's really doing the work. Right? He loves us too much not to give us those reminders and allow us to become self-centered. He won't do that. God is, or uh, uh, friends, it's my desire that, that, that I live by faith, that my family lives by faith, and that this church live by faith. All right? God has so much he wants us to do as he works through us to do his work. I hope that today this will be the beginning or maybe a continuation for many of us of, rem- of remembering our God is all-powerful and all-sufficient. If we choose to live by faith, then we get to experience him at work through us. We get to experience a closer walk with him. We get to experience a deeper love for him. We get to know him better. When we come to church to worship him or worship him throughout the week, we get to worship him more fully and more completely because we have seen him at work in our lives. That's my desire. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.